episode 18 expert speak in lockdown part 2 hi peter back to our regular recording mode yeah man it's it's strange how comfortable we've become over the past month or longer on just recording over skype huh? yeah and it's just not us you know uh, a lot of guests also have been very comfortable talking to us over the phone and uh, i think this whole stay at home is working for everyone it's it's great in a way you know today also we got a good guest and i think uh, our first out of mumbai guest yeah i mean it was nice to hear from someone not based in mumbai yeah and you know of all places goa so our guest this week is Shobika and uh, she's a psychologist specializing in children uh last week since we had two perspectives looking at parents we thought why don't we look at the other end of the spectrum which is the children then let's just uh, get straight into it and hear it from Shobika so oh, i'd like to welcome our guest on pops in a pod uh, we've got uh, Dr. Shobita, is that correct? Uh, and I go by a psychologist. You cannot call me a doctor. Because, okay. Uh, okay. Yeah. Shobita, if you can just introduce yourself to our listeners. So, as I mentioned, I'm a psychologist, and I have been practicing as one uh, since almost eight years now, having graduated from Sophia College and then Bombay University. Uh, I live in Goa. I have my own private practice, and uh, I also do a lot of freelancing uh, jobs as a counselor as a psychologist i write very actively for mental health and also for goa because i just love the fact that i'm in goa which is just the best place to be uh, for your mental health as per research as well so yeah that that's about me i'm a mom to a 2 year old who is getting super energetic day by day and um, yeah just a few hats here and there before we get into anything else Uh, mm-hmm. I had casually mentioned to my wife, you know, when this mm-hmm. before this whole situation of the lockdown got serious and all, that you know what, it would be so nice if we were in Goa at this time, summer and things like that. Could you, as someone who's living in Goa, confirm if that's really how it is, and how has the lockdown been with you? Goa in the summers is just, uh, I would say, you know, like I am a die die hard fan of Goa, more so than my husband who has been living here for twenty five thirty years now. And summers in Goa for me meant, you know, um, going for all these friends outings and the uh, cashew uh, harvest festivals which was so integral of course none of it is happening right now because of the lockdown uh, but coming to the lockdown things are definitely much much better here compared to the rest of india uh, goa has not only managed to flatten the curve but we don't have any active cases at the moment so life is slowly coming back on track shops are opening my own private practice has resumed with limited hours of operation so we are slowly trying to get back to the routine right. that, that's great to hear so goa definitely is the preferred destination irrespective of lockdown vacation no matter what it is goa is the place to be absolutely so shavika if you can just um you know driving driving straight in we have a basic understanding of you know individuals during this lockdown period when i say mm-hmm. individuals i mean adults right we mm-hmm. had this similar mm-hmm. conversation Uh, mm-hmm. last week as well and we got a and a good insight in in terms of working uh, adults whether at home or otherwise but there are children as well who 
definitely our individuals have their own sense of personality and they also know exactly what's kind of going on, you know, whether uh, what, whatever age that they are in. Um, if you can just give us an overview as to what is it that generally children are feeling during this period? So uh, what you have said is, you know, absolutely right. And uh, with respect to children, what, what we need to understand as adults is children right now across age groups are in a way imitating the emotions and the coping patterns which parents are displaying at home. We have to acknowledge that, you know, as parents, uh, we, especially, you know, the parents who are working outside of the house, uh, uh, they have, you know, they are spending a lot of time indoors now, like on 24 hours, seven days of a week. And children were not used to having parents around all day, even if uh, one parent was home, the other was not, or both parents were not home all day long. So everybody has a certain rhythm to life, you know, just like we have a rhythm to life, even children have a certain routine, whether it involves going to the school or for younger toddlers, infants being at home, but not having certain people at home throughout the day. So it's, it's uh, their world has also changed completely because of this pandemic. And uh, therefore, we are seeing a lot of uh, uh, mental health related issues amongst children. Some of it may be, uh, you know, much uh, milder, uh, but we are seeing children also showing, you know, anxiety and stress-related symptoms and manifestations of those in the current time. And this is something that could become serious in the long term. I mean, we, we are just not talking that kids are getting mm-hmm. bored. So, you know, that, that, that's probably why they're facing such issues. Mm-hmm. This could be related to many other things just apart from getting bored at home and not going out. In fact, I was not at all hinting towards boredom uh, right now. Of course, children are getting bored at home uh, because schools are closed. Some of the some are, uh, camps are not going to take place anymore. They cannot go for the much much awaited summer vacation. Uh, but boredom is right now, according to me, a secondary concern. The primary concern is children's anxiety at the moment. The anxiety that comes from a change of routine and the anxiety that comes with the fact that there is not going to be any choice, that I as a child uh, don't have a choice to hang out with my friends or go down to the park to play. So that choice factor, which has completely been taken away from children, uh, even if as parents we want to give them that choice, is also a very major driving uh, force behind uh, the mental health issues that children may be experiencing right now. You know, Shobhika, you brought up a very interesting point of anxiety. Now, you know, as adults, over a period of time, you know, we can identify uh, symptoms or something that would lead to anxiety or stress with adolescents or teenagers. They can express themselves or we can tell them, you know, this is what you need to look out for. But for children who are experiencing this for the first time, say like under eight or even younger than that, is there any way that you can kind of identify? Is there some telltale signs that you can tell from probably? Yes, in fact, uh, uh, children may show certain symptoms of anxiety. The most commonly seen symptoms right now would be irritability, uh, anger. So, for example, you say no to a child for doing, you know, something they want to do and you say no as a parent. 
typically they would have you know maybe argued a little or just followed your advice but now they are going to you know fight back um, argue uh, be very irritable about it so irritability anger definitely up there sleep difficulties frequently crying um for the uh, slightly you know adolescents and teens we may also see some kind of self harm because there are so many people at home suddenly and uh, we are not being allowed to do what we want to do so uh, one day is to you know just turn inwards for a uh, for the anxiety relief so um, eating patterns can get disturbed children may not eat especially if they are young kids we are talking about toddlers and all you may see a disturbance in their eating pattern or you may also see you know kids overeating so sleep appetite uh even uh, you know connecting with friends even if as parents you are providing them that platform that okay baba connect with your friends you know talk to them it's okay use the phone they may not want to talk to their friends all the time so withdrawing from friends not sitting for dinner or lunch together these could be some commonly uh, visible signs of anxiety amongst children So I'm glad you kind of brought this up because um, now that we understand uh, the basics of you know the stemming of anxiety and what it could lead or manifest into, I've been noticing something about my daughter, and I've spoken uh, about this in the past as well. That I've seen a sudden shift in her mood. Right, so she started screaming a lot. Now we don't know whether because that. something to do with the fact that she's getting older she's approaching you know 4 years old uh, or it's it's just a combination of the lo- lockdown uh, she's throwing a lot of tantrums right she wants something and then it's followed by stomping of her of her foot now i don't know if she picked this up from some cartoon that she's seen because if she has and that's a very very badly made cartoon um but we see these signs which are both very emotional and and physical in nature is this this is this very typical of uh, like a toddler behaving in in such a situation or there are other manifestations as well clearly this kind of behavior can be seen for different reasons so we cannot pinpoint and say that this is only because of the lockdown but it could be possible that the lockdown is one of the many factors that is making your daughter behave like this so what i'm trying to say here is that she is anyways at that age where uh this kind of uh, uh, you know tantrum throwing trying to get your way uh is something that toddlers just pick up okay but because of the lockdown not having a, an outlet not being exposed to any different situation you know not having friends to talk to uh not even and i'm getting your daughter was probably already you know going to the play school or uh, kindergarten so, that's right um, that's right you know that's all completely been taken away so all of that combined together could be contributing to this kind of behavior manifestation it's strange because we've read this a lot and we've also heard it from multiple sources that you need to prime your children about this particular situation um and you know slowly slowly we try to explain to our daughter that oh you know these are weird times and there's this coronavirus disease thing going on uh got go down and the thing is she sees a lot of cops around in our area because you can hear them you know they they are with their blaring uh, microphones and uh, you know the the sirens and everything so she knows that okay this is not common because it's something that she's never seen before for some strange reason there's this this, this concept of fear when she hasn't gone down she doesn't even go to the building terrace because she has this fear that 
some coffee is going to come and throw in jail. So, and we try so hard to explain that it's not going to happen. Don't worry about it. Like, and but she's adamant that no, I will not go down no matter what. She's happy being in the house, doing various things in whatever way that we engage her. But this mm-hmm. this weird fear, we don't know why, certain and how to kind of get rid of it. So, um, you know what that does remind me of is um, so obviously, like I said, you know, in Goa we can finally move around a little bit. So we did t- take our child out, who's two. You know, we took him out the other day, and um, when uh, he was doing some mischief in the car, and uh, instantly the first thing that came in mouth was, you know, to tell him that see, see the police. Uh, if you do naughty, the police will take you. Uh, and uh, then I had to correct myself, you know, there and uh, remind myself, you know, that okay, this is not something that I have to tell him because then the, the fear develops. That's how the fear psychosis develops. So when you share this about your daughter, the one thing that does come to my mind is that even though as parents you may not have actively said something to her about you know the police uh, or the police taking her away if she goes out in uh, the open, maybe that's a message she has received from somewhere. Maybe it was a conversation that she heard uh, from the neighbors, or maybe something that she saw on the TV, or just the fact that you know. There's just so much of sirens around, and it's such a novel, unique situation uh, that she associated uh, going out with being uh, taken away by the cops. So we don't know how children sometimes, you know, perceive messages from the, their environment. But children are very, very, uh, you know, uh, receptive to said and unsaid things. Yeah, I mean, I'm glad you said that because I'm certainly guilty of that. But what my son uh, now. Doing is whenever I tell him, hey, let's at least go outside in the building compound. He says, Daddy, Daddy, five minutes. We'll go after some time. So, and it's kind of strange to hear him say that to me because that's kind of what I tell my wife. So, you know, like you said, kids are kind of imitating adults now, and they pick up more of these things that we're doing uh, day in and day out. Another thing, I mean, you know, there's a lot of talk about screen time. and uh, you know in our previous uh, episodes nader and i both have talked to we even spoke uh, last week about screen time uh, from a child's perspective if you can kind of explain that to us because mm-hmm. there are multiple things i mean the parallel story i can tell you or the way i see it is you know when we were growing up the television was the thing and you know our parents kept telling us like you know if you sit all all the time in front of the tv you'll get glasses or you're addicted to the tv but i haven't watched tv so long so you know behavioral patterns change is that something similar you're noticing with kids or what do you feel about that uh i would agree with you on that when you said that uh, you know uh, when the tv was around at home uh, at a very accessible location obviously as kids we have spent a lot of time sitting in front of the tv but now the mobile is the new tv and as parents or as adults uh, you know we are always carrying our cell phones around with us in fact like my child is only 2 right almost from when he was 1 year old he knew and he still knows you know which cell phone belongs to which adult in the house <laughs> not just our but even the staff 
and that has happened because we are always carrying our cell phones around our world is revolving in our you know in in that little screen so clearly children imitate that behavior they view this little black silver device as something which uh, has to be treasured something that is an integral part of our entire being so they also automatically latch on to this and when everybody in the house including the staff or the visiting staff everybody has a cell phone which they are carrying with them 24/7 the child is also obviously going to demand you know that are everybody has it why don't i have this thing which seems to be such an important part like the mummy hair if mom is there then you know this black little thing is always with her so where is my black little thing they do it like that and also one thing that i have been telling you know professionally to a lot of parents who have been reaching out to me about the screen time is you know there's obviously parents are thinking that uh, the screen time is going uh, uh, up during the lockdown uh, so what i am telling people is a little bit of screen time right now is absolutely okay uh and by little bit i mean you know depending on your child's age you need to take a call on what is best for your child but some amount of screen time maybe 10 minutes or 15 minutes of their favorite uh, cartoon show um, or whatever the you know the child in the house likes to watch it it also is providing them that little comfort an emotional comfort to latch on to this is something familiar that they were doing even before the lockdown they were watching a particular cartoon so now taking that away completely just because as parents we are also home and therefore we can do 100 different activities with the child will be viewed more as a threat rather than a um, something healthy from the child's perspective i'm talking about so a little bit of screen time once in a day or once in a few days is okay you know it's it's uh, i i i was just having this uh, debate with somebody recently about you know screen time no screen time regimented screen time um something really good has come of it i'll i'll be honest you know my wife and i when we are working and outside the home um we try and ensure that she's not exposed to the screen as much but i i really value what you just mentioned that a child will always try and imitate what the adults of the house are doing so you can't be going and screaming at the child holding a phone saying hey you can't be on the phone and then you know two minutes later you are on the phone so uh, i i completely kind of understand that but in this lockdown period we also relaxed a little but we noticed some very interesting thing her vocabulary has tremendously improved she's using all these big words and in, in the right context you know that is i was sitting on on her side of the bed and she's like papa you can't sit here this is my pretend castle said, what pretend castle like she's using two big words in like one sentence and i was like that's great and obviously we don't mean to undermine her and we play along say oh yeah sorry sorry you pretend castle and then then and now suddenly she's just starting just using it too much is getting a little annoying but she's learning so many things that day early in the morning she wakes up at 8 in the morning and you know she 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 turns to my wife and out of nowhere she's just like mummy do you know what color comes when you mix red and blue <laughs> and i kid you not my wife had to google it because she she didn't she she couldn't come up with an answer and she like no i don't know you tell me it's like it's purple and i'm like yeah yeah sure it's purple so they clearly are learning but I, there's always this fear you know thanks to youtube that you get into some rabbit hole and you just end up watching some video where somebody's chopping mickey mouse's head or something there's always that rational fear right so 
I think there are the good things also, but there are the mm-hmm. bad things also that you kind of need to need to balance. Do you see something similar, or maybe do you see a change with older kids and screen time? Definitely, yes. How younger kids and infants, you know, are exposed to the um, screen time is going to be much different than the older kids. In fact, as uh, adults, we have greater control over what the younger lot ends up watching. Uh, even the uh, risks that you just mentioned about, you know, chanting on inappropriate stuff on YouTube is something that as parents, we can uh, definitely have more control with for the younger lot. But for the older lot, you have to, uh, you can't really have a direct control is what I think. Uh, but uh, one way to ensure that, you know, they don't end up watching something which is completely inappropriate for their age is to have healthy conversations with them about what they are watching, uh, have the parental controls which these apps allow you to have, you know, uh, so that you can also know what they're watching and restrict the usage of some of the media. But ultimately, the main thing that is, that's going to matter is having healthy conversations about, okay, what are you watching? And uh, if, they, if your child does admit to, you know, watching something which is really inappropriate, you have to also tread carefully and bring up that subject uh, and talk in a constructive manner to the child because as Indian parents, we tend to first thing is, you know, scream and shout and use the word no and then we go on to the explanation. I was just thinking the same thing in my head that I think the word that we have most used and abused during this lockdown <laughs> is no and I'm sure that must be having some form of some issues in that kid's head that what is this word? Why does it keep coming up again and again and again? I'm sure there's some yeah. limited yes, anxiety. Absolutely. Thing. Who knows, maybe the kids after the lockdown are going to imitate us and keep saying no for everything. Um, well, I'm a psychologist, but I have said my fair share of no's to my kiddo, and he has told his fair share of no's to me now. He just tells me, Mama, nahi, no. And I'm like, okay, fine, at least tell me what is this no about, because I always tell you also the psychologist in me starts, you know, trying to talk to the child. <laughs> And uh, he just cannot talk too much, so he doesn't explain beyond that, but he just, he'll just keep repeating no, nay, no, nay. And then I realize that, you know, okay, I gave that to him. So, yeah. There's a popular joke in our house where my wife keeps throwing at me, which is like, you know, you keep telling her no. And trust me, it's not me. Even she does it all the time. But somehow I'm always a victim. And she's like, you know, when she grows up and when she throws you in an old age home, then we'll see how, how this thing pans out for you right now. Yeah, we're all kind of worried about that stage. That's a long way to go. Yeah, I hope it's a long way to go. So another thing that's come to the mm-hmm. fore uh, in recent times is homeschooling. Uh, you know, a lot of schools' uh, exams got deferred or they had the exams. Mm-hmm. And now, you know, consider, for older children, this is a bigger thing where, you know, now it's become a new thing for them or a normal thing for them, actually, I must say, of mm-hmm. having classes over Zoom. Uh, at, right. this, at this point, the personal story I can add here mm-hmm. is uh, the play school that my son goes to uh, in the mm-hmm. last week has been trying to implement that with him. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. we haven't been too successful because my son associates, you know, the teachers and uh, the people who run the place with mm-hmm. actually physically going to school. So he's been quite resistant and refuses to come in front uh, of mm-hmm. the phone or even the laptop when we tried. Uh, it uh do you see you know how do you see a shift happening towards that so from a short term perspective i think it's really good that schools are trying to reach out and uh, 
keep the students involved uh, because like i was talking about earlier that uh, not going to the school or not you know going for the regular classes that our kids are used to uh, has kind of uh, sent that whole sense of normalcy it has thrown it out of the window so it's really important good that schools are you know um, reaching out to students but the one thing that i do feel is also important that schools shouldn't be very uh, strict about attendance or assignment submission so this should not be uh, looked at the zoom sessions and all that should not be looked at as you know 100% you have to do only and if you don't do for whatever reason irrespective of the reason uh, the child is going to be you know uh, given bad remarks or something because this is a very unique situation none of us have ever thought that we are going to live through a pandemic and yeah. to expect students to adhere to all the uh, sessions and be present do the assignments as if the situation was completely normal that that would be really stressing students out i know of parents who are who are reaching out to me because they are getting stressed out that you know for some reason if the student is not willing to go online for the session or if the net is not working they don't know what to do because they are afraid that they are going to miss out on the school work right now is not the time to do the school work the way we used to do it when there was no pandemic and uh, just you know as you were sharing your personal story it also brings to my mind so my child was supposed to start his play group uh, in april but obviously he didn't so what we are getting is a list of activities to do uh, on a daily basis for the, for him you know to keep him engaged and in the beginning i was doing it very diligently but then i realized that my focus was shifting from making him learn the task to actually video recording the task uh because that was that's a requirement that you know the task needs to be recorded and submitted whenever the school reopens so now i actually just you know do the activities with him a few times if he wants to do it better if he doesn't want to do it i don't even try because uh i just think he's too small and it was okay if i am trying to you know cope up with the a toddler my own work the family life everything so these sessions are definitely good is what i'm trying to say here but we shouldn't look at them as uh, completely uh, you know mandatory and there shouldn't be any repercussions if the children or the parents are not able to do it now from a long term perspective uh for those who have been homeschooling uh well and good uh, as a psychologist although i do feel that uh, social connection connections are more important than academic growth and uh, i strongly subscribe to the fact that a child goes to the school not to study or get marks but to make social connections and to learn to thrive in the social world and that no zoom session or online mentoring can provide us so children will eventually have to go back to school so just again i just want to understand your personal opinion like uh, you know peter and i keep discussing that because of this lockdown so many things will change for the future and even at a mm-hmm. corporate company level for example you know right. work from home will become a norm and mm-hmm. um, you know there will be certain policies that will be relaxed maybe there'll be an introduction of a four day week or a three day week you know complete work from home but from a kids perspective um, that social connection uh, the opposite of social distancing is absolutely mm-hmm. important for a child to grow both emotionally mentally and physically of course so like a zoom call in the long run um, will not become a norm i'm assuming i, I just want to your personal view on this right so uh, what i meant to say was that 
these Zoom calls, these online sessions can always be an alternative or an additional, you know, an add-on. But I don't see them becoming the way forward for education because education, according to me, is not just about studying math, science or sociology, those kind of things. It's it's more about, you know, how do you, uh, the street smartness, how how do you learn to, you know, make your connections and uh, uh, grow socially because the social intelligence is so much more important than the academic intelligence. And therefore, I don't see this being the norm that, okay, the classes can happen online. What's the need to go to school anymore? Of course, I'm not against parents who are homeschooling or who do genuinely believe in homeschooling because if you look at the whole homeschooling concept also, what I understand of it is that even though you're not sending your child for the regular school, for to, the, to a regular school, you're still taking your child out, you're still having play dates, you're still, you know, uh, sending them for extracurricular classes so that they learn a skill or two. So the social connection is happening there also. From that perspective, I think Zoom is definitely not the uh, replacement of schools, but can be an alternative. I'm sure you also got a lot of these forwards on WhatsApp or on social media when the uh, whole lockdown started. Uh, I think in the first week or so, if I remember well, a lot of people started saying that, you know what, nine months Mm -hmm. from now, we're going to see a lot of new babies being born and stuff like that. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Yeah. So, which brings me to my question. I mean, all three of us actually have one child uh, at the moment. Uh, Mm -hmm. Have you noticed, you know, Single children versus, you know, having siblings or, say, multiple siblings. Has that dynamic played a different role in uh, the children's mental health or mm-hmm. the way they are? Okay, so I uh, that's a little complex to answer the question, okay. but I'm going to still, you know, try and answer it from my understanding of it, is that, to be very honest, being a single child is also good, and having siblings, one or multiple, is equally good. So what I'm trying to say here is that just because you're a single child doesn't put you in a worse situation because of the lockdown or generally speaking. And uh, because you have like a sibling, uh, it also doesn't make things any easier or worse. Uh, It's just different situations come into play. So one benefit that I do see of having a sibling is that the child has someone more immediate in their age to learn from and adapt their coping skills. So if your child is four and the elder child is, let's say, six or seven years old, and the seven-year-old child is coping uh, remarkably well from the lockdown, the younger one automatically views the lockdown as something which is normal because there is a role model. So we, again, go back to the whole imitation thing. So if the elder sibling is coping well, the younger one ends up coping well. And Unfortunately, we also see that if the elder sibling is having difficulty coping, sometimes the younger siblings also start showing those very difficulties. Not to mention that it can be a little handful for the parents if the two of them are not in uh, tandem and they tend to like, you know, argue or have fights. So there are pros and cons of both the situations. It's just a matter of uh, the child's own individual ability and as adults, what kind of assistance we provide them in dealing with it. Um, whether you have one kid or four, um, I think children have, uh, they just, each each situation uh, lends itself uniquely to how the child copes with it. So considering I was the elder one of three, uh, I mm-hmm. totally know what you're talking about when you're talking about the coping thing in there. 
So thank you so much, uh, Shubhika. I think it's been quite an interesting chat we had with you, especially from the child's perspective, considering the last few weeks we've been talking primarily about the parents. It's good to get mm-hmm. an understanding from the child's perspective. And I'm sure everyone who's listening has gained some understanding and would definitely be useful in the weeks to come, I'm sure. Thank you so much for uh, making me a part of this. I really loved uh, interacting with the two of you and I'm definitely going to now subscribe to your podcast and listen to it because I wasn't aware of the, uh, the thing before. Um, it's a wonderful job that you guys are doing, uh, you know, to um, reach out to people uh, in these tough times in your own way. So thank you. Thank you for having me. Um, Before we let you go, if anyone wants to reach out to you, how can they do mm-hmm. so? Whoever's listening in, if you on social media, do you have uh, anything you'd like to share? Sure. So if anybody wants to reach out to me, they just have to look for my Instagram or Twitter handle, which is Goa Counselor. That's quite easy, I guess. And very apt also. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Thank you so much, Avika. We uh, really appreciated uh, you know you remove time for this. And, uh, you know, I don't know about the listeners, but uh, Peter and I have definitely learned quite a bit from this uh, conversation. And hopefully we can try and implement it in our own homes and see where that little thing is going before the coronavirus. (laughs) So, yeah, it's a race against the child of the coronavirus. But thank you so much. We really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you very much. That's all, I guess, from us from this episode. Drop us a line at popsinapod at gmail.com or you can follow us on Instagram just search for popsinapod you can drop in a comment on any of our posts or uh, like us share us anything that yeah. you might like want to do yeah so until next time here's Peter Pop and this is another Pop see ya